13 minutes it is after 8 p.m. and uh, it's our tech conversations and this evening we shine a spotlight on uh, the uh, fire situation out in the Western Cape and uh, you know many of you laughing and uh, fascinated by you know uh, all of the content UCT students are sharing and uh, you know uh, many of them uh, you know uh, going into uh, many of these hotels and really relishing the experience and I guess that's the silver lining uh, on the other side of this uh, but uh, also quite a lot of question marks um, around the, um, I guess, the choice of uh, where many of the students have been located. And we're going to have that discussion. Uh, but um, always concerns about Imali, Eya Imalini, and uh, some of the lost opportunities uh, that could have been had there. Now, the other dimension to that, of course, is um, the, the large swell of support uh, that uh, the University of Cape Town and many of those affected by that fire have been able to mobilize and marshal uh, during this difficult moment. And uh, we must commend South Africans uh, who have really opened their hearts out during this difficult moment of need. But uh, as we do so, uh, we must never stop to, to be critical. Uh, we must never stop uh, in our assessment of these things to think about them, uh, especially if you are the most unequal society in the world. You've got to always have question marks following you everywhere you go. And one of those question marks we're asking is, of course, in the world of tech, this groundswell of support, generous offers of relief, support and help uh, coming through from the likes of Uber, Bottles, One Day Only and many others. Um, and, uh, yeah, certainly something that uh, they've responded to uh, rather urgently and uh, also effectively saying those features available in the CBD, Greenpoint, Constantia, Claremont, Rondebosch, Lower, Pineland, Century City and the surrounding areas, which uh, I guess are close to where the emergency has built over to. But uh, this evening, we ask what... Um, the motivations might be behind this, but uh, also ask a much more broader and systemic questions. Because Ayazba, see uh, towards the winter now, and Guzaucha uh, on the Cape Flats, we know this for sure. Uh, that's just, I guess, uh, the nature of uh, life in that part of the world and uh, the uh, inequity of it all. And uh, the big question we're asking this evening, uh, alongside Yamgela Spengane, our tech researcher, is, yeah, will the same support be extended uh, to Nyanga? Uh, parts of Gugule too, you know, parts of many of the settlements uh, on the expanse there in the Western Cape. And Zanga Manja, that's the question I ask of you this evening. Welcome. Uh, good evening to you, Aya, and good evening to the listeners at home. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us, man. What do you make of this uh, generous outpouring of support on the part of uh, tech? Uh, certainly haven't seen it uh, when uh, many of the fires were reported in other parts. Well, it, it's twofold, Aya. Support, yes, but advertising second, mm. maybe, mm. Uh, on the basis that the people around that area are ordinarily the people that will download and use the app uh, in future as well, or might already have the app on their phone. So uh, you must understand that they are making donations using the app as a vehicle, because then what you will do is that they will create a feature where you can pick items that you want to donate, and then uh, what they will do is that they will make it a free delivery, but of course you will have bought the items on their app, but they will have made some sort of profit with the agreement that they have with the uh, the companies that will be providing uh, the energy aid or whatever else that you'll be donating through their application. So at the end of the day, it's uh, benevolent, yes, mm. uh, but there's also some form of profit and there's also uh, traction in terms of the marketing of their product being downloaded by people uh, who then in turn will probably leave it on their phone and use the other features after the fires have subsided. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, you know, I mean, 
the other element uh, or dimension to this is not just you know the PR of it all and uh, you know the generosity of it as a once-off inst- instant, but effectively the bigger question is how do we mobilize the architecture, the machinery, and infrastructure of many of these tech companies in moments of crisis and disaster. Now you know it might be a fire now, it might be flooding tomorrow, it might be you know because we know climate variability comes with all manner of things. How do we mobilize the fact that you know there's all of this data, all of this locational mapping? and effectively a resource of all of these vehicles on the road in times where we have a crisis and do so in a way that isn't selective? It then boils to who's owning the technology. That becomes an important part. And what is the interest of the company mm. that's owning the technology in the social well-being of the citizens of the particular country? Because that technology, as you can see, is very, very important in being able uh, to assist someone who could simply be in danger, uh, download an app uh, like an Uber and share their location to be found for help. Uh, so location services and the ability to rapidly get to certain places using technology or deliver help no matter how remote you are using such ride hailing services is something that can be actually drawn in as part of the general support services in any disaster or any situation where people can find themselves stranded or in danger of of any sort but then it becomes from the part of uh, of the companies that have these services and from the part of the state that renders uh, your expected uh, response to uh, disaster, be it emergency healthcare, firefighting, uh, police services, how do they then coordinate going forward to be able to then uh, leverage the technologies that are offered by the likes of bottles, Uber, Taxify, and mm. so forth, and make a coordinated and concerted effort to use it as a tool of disaster relief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miguel, I want us to pause here for a second and take a quick spot break. When we come back, um, let's maybe unpack these, you know, just in, in in the individual context per se. I mean, you know, uh, there's a lot of common, uh, you know, approaches here. If you think about Uber and Bottles, it's about using their existing platform and uh, the reach that that has um, as an effective mobilization effort for donations. Uh, but of course, there would be other elements in the disaster response um, uh, that uh, where tech could be potentially mobilized. Um, and I think it's, it is about time as a country we think about uh, how we get uh, the private sector involved in our disaster relief efforts and how we get technology players in the private sector involved in that as well. And that's what we'll discuss as we continue with Yamgela Spengard. Stay tuned. 22 minutes it is after 8pm and uh, this evening in our tech conversations uh, we speak about uh, the generous mobilization by uh, many South African tech and, uh, tech players and uh, in particular Uber community to uh, mobilize donations and support for the uh, uh, victims and those affected by the fires in Cape Town and uh, we certainly did see something similar. Uh, from uh, retailers and uh, uh, all manner of other brands uh, when uh, a similar situation unfolded out in Neisner. I'm not sure if, if that was last year or the year before that. Uh, but uh, I'm in conversation this evening with Yamgela Spengane to talk about, I guess, uh, you know, some of the dynamics of this and to critically engage with it, uh, but also to uh, think about how tech can be mobilized in moments of disaster and uh, how we can effectively create frameworks uh, that um, think about that before disaster hits. And uh, Yamgela, maybe let's let, let's talk about what's been placed on offer here. The use of the existing platform that you and I would interact with, um, you know, if we either want to go and buy drinks or if, uh, you know, we need a ride or in the case of Uber Eats, need some food delivered to us. Now, using that platform 
which is already linked and has its own embedded payment capability to mobilize, uh, you know, uh, donations and support and the generosity of South Africans. Uh, I guess is really about sweating what you already have as a capability to improve on that effort. Um, let's maybe talk about that and what you make of that and um, maybe potentially what other areas uh, in a disaster response uh, could be met by existing capabilities that sit within tech. That uh, capability that they are tapping on is, of course, uh, what you are mentioning, that we use it ordinarily. So uh, in terms of disaster uh, response, it's just switching on and saying, okay, mm. instead of having the food delivered to me, there might be someone out there who's stranded, sure. uh, whose house or the residence has burnt down and the students don't have food. Uh, so I redirect that service to help someone else who that particular time is in need. Or if uh, at whatever point then... Uh, Whatever the 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 they repurpose the 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 delivery for uh, can can use the same technology. It can be used in that way. And I think another area that we could look at is uh, emergency rescue in such scenarios, because mm. uh, then someone could be able to say, "Hey, I'm at this particular location," uh, and this thing would be able to then locate that particular person based on the device that they have, and the relief would then pick pinpoint and i think that is something that uh emergency response services can adopt as well to say if we have a mobile app where someone who's in need of emergency rescue can share their exact location and coordinates and or can share their moving location if they have to run away or escape mm. then we know exactly how to locate someone where they are maybe in an issue or a case of uh, but domestic violence incidents where someone can ping their location and, and cry out for help to mm. say, hey, I'm mm. at this particular point uh, without necessarily alerting the victim I mean, or the perpetrator. Uh, my mistake to say, uh, hey, I'm in danger. I, I might think my life is in danger. And just be on the phone and share whatever uh, location they have embedded there without necessarily making a phone call that would have them describe everything. It would be a way in which technology could mm -hmm. intervene greatly in responding to crime, in responding to emergencies uh, right across because what it does is that it allows you to say where you are, uh, share your details and share as much as possible uh, and be found easily with using the resources. It could be mm. used in, in many different ways, but the point is it can be integrated into existing uh, departments to improve their efficiency. Mm. Mm. And you know, it's interesting, Amgela, because this disaster happens, um, I guess, at a time that made the response probably a lot easier than what it might have been if we didn't have COVID, if we didn't have restrictions of, uh, on travel, global travel. Uh, because imagine if this had happened, uh, just for a second, during the peak tourist arrivals uh, at a time when, you know, the business conferencing and events calendar is filled to the brim uh, and you still have to evacuate all of these people. Um, and you probably would have found yourself in a situation where many of the beds in the city probably aren't enough to uh, evacuate some of the residents of those areas we listed and also all of the university students uh, who've had to leave their residences. Yes, then uh, you'd have uh, a, B, and B coming into play, yeah, mm. where people can then just put up uh, when they have a spare bedroom on A, B, and B, uh, and becoming hotels over a swim uh, to, to 
to be able to accommodate the influx of students in the city. And that's how technology would have mitigated in the situation in the case where uh, your normal ordinary hotels would have been occupied at the peak of the tourist calendar uh, and other events and ongoings in the mother city. Uh, but the point is technology would still have had a hand because Airbnb is a service that lets you uh, be able to turn your home into an active accommodation mm. uh, for anyone looking for accommodation within the peripheries and inside the city of Cape Town. But you see, all of this is nice. It's uh, in the urban core. It's um, it looks all neat. you know, into some of the areas as we Kukuletu, Langa, you know, Makaza, Filipi. Many other parts, uh, you know, of uh, uh, that uh, flat ac- expanse of uh, the Western Cape, you know, um, why aren't we mobilizing similar type of solutions? Maybe it's the part of Cape Town that we don't really want to ex- uh, admit is the part of Cape Town or the Western Cape government or the city of Cape Town doesn't want to uh, take cognizance of the fact that it's actually a part of Cape Town. Uh, and that is the that is the main differentiator because these fires in the Cape Flats, in the township, happen on on an annual basis. Every winter we know that there will be fires that wipe out uh, a massive court of shacks uh, within a township. Uh, and it, it simply doesn't phase us and uh, it simply doesn't touch us as much. You don't see uh, enough coverage of it. You don't see even measures put in place to say, okay, there will be winter. How do we stop these fires? How do we actually make the conditions of living not to perpetuate this uh, reoccurrence of fires every year when there's a winter because someone has got a candle, Mm. someone has got imbaula or whatever thing that will cause a fire that just spreads rapidly throughout the settlement. Uh, it, 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 it's really a question of will more than anything else because it makes no sense that something would reoccur for years on end and there's no yeah, stop yeah, being man. put to it. Every year. Gotcha. Every year. I mean... And it, yet, it, it, yeah. it, it, it makes no sense that there's mm. no intervention, no emergency uh, like service that is there to say, okay, if we see this, this is where you must call. Mm. We'll respond as quick as possible. Sure. This is what must happen. But uh, it keeps on happening, and we keep on saying, yeah, take up, uh, and it happens the next year, and nothing happens. So I'm, I'm, I've, I've reached a, a point where I say maybe we just don't want to admit that this is a part of Cape Town. We just said mm. they are on their own, uh, and okay, they'll burn, we'll cry about it for a week or two, and then that's that. Yeah, those are economic refugees, Gazile. Yeah, well. um, so maybe, I guess, they see it as a refugee camp. But, um, I mean, just what you're saying reminds me, Yamkela, of, of this notion of urban resilience, right? Um, that you know what your recurring sort of stresses are in the city and what your acute shocks are, right? And effectively, what you do, as you were saying, you create a standard operating procedure that... If I get a call from a certain section, you know, of Samora Machel, um, I know that um, this is the process ideally myself and some of my colleagues need to follow to make sure that the fire is contained, that the property, life and limb of people uh, is effectively, uh, uh, you know, uh, preserved in that context. Um, And 
I guess there's the other bigger question, which is, you know, why aren't you putting in place the building blocks to actually prevent it from happening in the first place? Yes, that's my biggest issue to say. Something cannot happen for 15, 20 years on end. I know, uh, and there's no measures in place to actually prevent it from happening. So maybe we should get uh, the 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 MMC for disaster and from Cape Town mm. to explain to us how exactly they, yeah, they, they actually man. And, and you know they always say they're the technologically advanced people. So yeah, surely there's somebody there, Silicon Cape, doing something to deal with uh, you know in again but. Um, Yamgela, we'll have to leave it there. And, uh, of course, a uh, sad state of affairs out there uh, in the Western Cape, uh, in uh, Cape Town. Uh, but uh, even though we commiserate, certainly, with some of the people who've had to be evacuated and those affected, we must also critically engage the situation and ask some of the difficult questions. Because Ngomso, as I said, Kuzaucha, Cape Flats, and Sabesikheli, Apasi, Chongele, Songizandla. And we'll be asking, where are the Uber Eats? Where is Bottles? Where are all of uh, the generous hands that have been extended in this particular situation. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you to the listeners as well. Good evening. Awesome stuff. Yamgela Spengane, they're speaking to us uh, for our tech conversations.